Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number hmm, 37. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today my totally awesome co-host is not here with us, unfortunately. However, fortunately for him, he is enjoying today a vacation day from work, and he and the Lady Biting are out gallivanting around on a beautiful, sunny summer afternoon in July of 2008, a day that I hope they will have in their memories for a long time to come. So I wish him well. However, I could not not do a show today. I was not about to cancel it, especially seeing as how so many things Mac and Apple related have happened in my life just this past weekend that I thought would be perfect for this show. Now, for those of you who are brand new to Help I Got a Mac, I want to introduce you to the concept of the show here. In fact, I see somebody who signed in in our chat room uh, as we record this show live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I see that anonymous number 2679 says, I'm a nobody because I just bought an iMac. Well, excuse me, but let me tell you something. You are exactly somebody because that's exactly what this podcast is about. This is called Help I Got a Mac. You can find it at helpigotamac.com. And this podcast is devoted, devoted to the new Mac user. Uh, You know those Apple fanboys? They don't have anything here. This is all about the newbies. Uh, My co-host, he calls himself an Apple fanboy. But you know what? I tend to get him to see uh, the 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 side of reality that some Mac enthusiasts don't see sometimes, and so uh, but I, I, he's a Mac fan. I, I can't say that, or else Chris won't come back. Chris, we love you. You're a super fanboy. All right. So anyway, but this show is devoted to those of you out there who are considering. You may be just thinking about buying your first Apple Macintosh computer. And if you are in that boat, this is the podcast for you. It's where you can ask your questions ahead of time, ahead of time, before you go to the store so you know what you want to get, whether or not you're going to be able to run the software you want to run on your on your computer. This is the place to go to get that kind of insight. And you can ask your questions here by submitting them via email, which would be feedback at gspn.tv. Or you can call our listener lines 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's area code 859-795-4067. And so feel free to uh, give us a call anytime, day or night, and ask your questions. Now, the show's also, obviously, for those of you who just unboxed your first computer from Apple. Or maybe you've had it just for a month or two. And so that's that's we're all here in this together. And that's why it's called Help, I Got a Mac. Anyway, uh, looking at the chat room, it looks like we have some wonderful people here tonight. I just want to say thank you to each of you who are joining us live. And I just want to start off by telling you I have some awesome news to share. I recently, this weekend, decided that it was time to take the leap. And I upgraded my MacBook to Leopard. Yes, you heard me correct. I finally got the new operating system, Leopard. Of course, when I say new, it's new to me. It's been out for quite some time, several months. Uh, and and you know what? I I opened it up. Actually, here's here's the situation. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory. So I decided that. I would hold off on getting Leopard. There was no program out there really that wouldn't work on Tiger, which is the operating system before the most recent one, which is Leopard. And in essence, what happened was I I came across this concept, this idea, this project that I want to work on in my new career as a podcast and new media consultant that I started back in January. 
And one of the things that I really want to do is I want to take this podcasting 101 webinar that I've been doing uh, now for a couple months and have had some tremendous amount of success in getting people to join live and paying for the live webinar. And, and if you guys are interested in podcasting at all and you want to learn how to podcast from somebody who can tell you from all the experience that he had, the best way to do it and, and how it all works, then go to gspn.tv slash webinar and sign up for one of the live webinars. And the thing is, is I've had some wonderful feedback from the live webinars. And in the live webinar, if you can if you can fit it into your schedule, it is bar none the way to take a webinar from me because then you have the opportunity to ask questions any point during the game. I mean, just stop me, ask a question, say, hey, wait, I don't understand that. Can you explain that or can you show me? And not only that, but you get the benefit of the other people's questions that are there that maybe you wouldn't have thought to ask and all those other things. So there, there's a benefit to taking the live webinars from me. However, here's the situation. There are some people, whether they be in Germany, in uh, Norway, in Sweden, in Japan, Hong Kong, I mean, all over the place, where it's just not feasible for them to take a two or three hour webinar live with me as I'm scheduling these. And for for them, they've been asking me, they've actually been pleading, please, can you record these and make them available for purchase later? And I, I've been thinking about that, and finally I've decided to go for it. I'm just going to go ahead and start putting together my podcasting 101 webinar in a pre-recorded format and do it, release it as the podcasting 101 video tutorial series that people can purchase, um, you know, the, the series online anytime and they can watch it at their leisure. So that's a project that I decided I was going to go ahead and do. Now the Mac is a great platform for doing anything video related. And I have been using a program called I Show You. In fact, I'm going to do a Google search right now. And if you just go to Google.com, type in the letter I, S-H-O-W, and then the letter U, it will pull up shinywhitebox.com. And if you go to shinywhitebox.com, you'll see that they have this software called I Show You. They have a free demo. It works really nice. It is beautiful. You basically set up a portion of the screen that you want it to capture everything that happens. And and for a very low cost, in fact, let me see if I can tell you. I'm going to click on purchase here. For 20, no, for, yeah, actually for $20 even, you get this absolutely very wonderful um program that that does a screen capture it records everything you can plug in your external microphone into the computer and record a wonderful screencast tutorial um but there's something that i didn't like about it It, and that is that it's it's just kind of plain you can't put any animation in there it it doesn't really do um some of the fancy fancier things like being able to um magnify on certain areas to there was well basically let's put it this way there was another program out there and they basically um have the same thing it's screen capture technology however it does some amazing things such as it it doesn't ask you to choose a portion of the screen uh for you to record instead it records the entire screen and it does it for the entire thing for the entirety of your recording. But then you can get in, and after the fact, you can choose to at any point during the timeline zoom in on certain items and stuff like that. Now in the chat room, I am looking in here, and it sounds I've got to go. It's too advanced for me. I do encourage you. I understand you have to go, but I do encourage you to listen to the pre-recorded episode. This will be made available at helpigotamac.com later. Uh, but we do cover basic questions here. Uh, but the thing is, is I am talking about what caused me to get into this need. And and then it's going to get real basic when I talk about uh, getting into Leopard and why I did that. So anyway, um, but for me, I, I found this program that wanted that would allow me to do some amazing professional looking screencast tutorials. And in essence, what we're, what I did is is I went ahead and looked at it, and I and I saw, of course, that it's only available on Leopard, and it was ninety nine dollars. And I'm like, 
well, I went to Screen. I think it's ScreenFlow. If you go to, uh, I'm going to do a Google search for ScreenFlow. And what I did is I did a Google search for ScreenFlow, which took me to Verasoft, V-E-R-A, software.com, verasoftware.com. And I watched the video tutorials of this program. And when they mentioned that the entire video tutorial that they composed was completely 100% made directly using the software in which they're demoing, I was sold. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. I am going to upgrade the Leopard. And I am going to go ahead and purchase this software. So over the weekend, I stopped over at... Uh, Best Buy, because Best Buy now sells Apple-related products, and it's a whole lot closer to me. I, it was a 15-minute drive to Best Buy where it would have been a 45-minute to an hour drive to the Apple store. So I went over to Best Buy to pick up a copy of Leopard. And first off, if you just, if you are out there and you have a Tiger operating system or OS X 10.4, and you want to upgrade the Leopard, be very careful. I went in and I asked the guy, I said, I know you guys are now selling Apple products. Do you sell Leopard? I need to upgrade to Leopard. And he says, yeah, sure we do. And <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, what happened was the guy went over to this locked case. He opens it up, pulls out a box with Leopard on it, and then locks the case back. And he hands it to me. And I look at the screen. I look at the price on it. It's $199. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh, you know what? I think I better buy this from Apple because if I'm not mistaken, it's only like $99 or $129 if I buy it from them. He goes, oh, so you want the individual version? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so what he was trying to do, and I don't know if he did this on purpose. I can't say that for sure. I don't know if he was doing this on purpose, but what he did is he pulled out the um, the the family upgrade edition, which is basically... Where you for $199, I think you get a license for that software, to, and you can install Leopard on up to five different machines. And so, in essence, um, that's not what I wanted to do. I only have one Mac computer; it's my MacBook. And I said, you know, I I don't need this. And so he opens it back up, puts that one back, and pulls out the 129 version of the software. And so it was 129 for the Leopard operating system upgrade disk. And so I went ahead and purchased that. I brought it home. Now, here's the deal. Um, it was very late at night when I decided to upgrade. And I, as you guys know, I am not a Mac-only computing person. In fact, really, the only thing I've been using my MacBook computer for for over the, for the last entire year that I've owned it is pretty much I'll occasionally use it for portable browsing when I go out somewhere, and I will use it for video streaming. For example, right now the show is going out live over the Ustream channels, but I'm using CamTwist, which is a free webcam software that lets me put up you know all the nice stuff up here so that you've got the name of the show, it's got the email address and the phone number, and it's got the information down below where you can go to become a plus member and help support the fact that I do this full time and 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 that get, we give you all this wonderful content. And so um but anyway, I, I I use it for streaming. But the only the other thing is is that um I also use it for anything video related. You know, whether that be iMovie or using a program called um Visual Hub to put things, you know, to stitch videos together or to convert them from one video format to the other. Outside of that, although I have it set up to where it can do so much more, that's really the only use I've really put this MacBook to. And so with that, um, I, I figured, okay, it's no big deal if I lose everything on my MacBook. It's, it's really not a huge deal. The most important thing is, number one, that I get Leopard, and number two, that I can install the ScreenFlow software so I can get busy effective immediately on starting to record some of the screencast tutorial stuff that I want to get working on. And so with that, I, I went ahead and stuck the Leopard disk into the drive. Now, I want to explain to you my expectation 
my expectation when I stuck the Leopard DVD into the MacBook Drive. My expectation being that I have an existing install of Tiger, an existing OSX Tiger installation of the software of the operating system running on my system with installed user information and all that other stuff. I I expected completely that when I double clicked on the uh, Leopard install that it would say, hey, I noticed that you already have an existing user account and um, operating system installed, a previously installed version of OS X. Would you like me to A, B, C, or D? Would you like to back it up? Would you like to do this? Would you like to erase it and do a clean install? I was expecting that. Now, I will tell you that it did pull up a box that gave me the option to double click on the Leopard install and it said other installation options. Now, I did see that, but I chose to ignore them. So I'm certain that if I would have clicked into one of those other folders that I would have gotten those options. Now, here's the situation though. My understanding of Apple is that it's their goal to be new user friendly. I mean, actually, you know, it's supposed to be idiot proof. That's been my understanding of what Apple is supposed to be. It's like it's like computing for just about anybody. And so one of the things I expected is that even though I didn't choose those other ones, those other options, I expected when I clicked on the installation uh, folder for uh, installing Leopard, I expected to, to kind of say, hey, I noticed you already have this. Would you like to back everything up before we try installing the new stuff? And it didn't. So that was a little concerning for me. But although, I mean, I'm I'm concerned for people who are not, who maybe have a lot more information, a lot more data on their system, who wouldn't have known to go into the other folders. Does that make sense? So basically, I'm concerned for their sake, not for mine. But I went ahead and just double-clicked on it. And the first thing I noticed is that it wanted to do an hour and a half check on the validity of the DVD or the consistency of the DVD install disk. And I I don't know why it is, but I let that thing go for 30 minutes before I so got fed up with it. I'm like, come on. And so I had, I went ahead, it's like, you know what, I don't care if it screws everything up because even if it's messed up, I'll go get a new disk and reinstall and it, I just need to get this thing installed. And so I went ahead and I canceled the DVD consistency check. It was a brand new DVD. I looked at it before I stuck it in there. Didn't have any scratches or anything. So I said, forget this. Just just install, please. And so then it finally went started doing the install process. And it rebooted the computer and did a lot of installation stuff. And then it rebooted the computer again. And about it's I remember it said it's gonna take about two hours and thirty minutes when it initially started and really got underway. When it was about two percent done, you know, two percent complete. It really did um, take, it, it, it said about two hours and 30 minutes. However, it only took about an hour and a half by the time, you know, the jet engine propulsion system kicked in, you know, the big MacBook Air, you know, the Mac, MacBook fans that are in there. And it got the processor up and running, got the DVD spinning on SuperCycle or whatever it is. And the thing installed in about an hour and a half. And once it was done, it it did this reboot, and I expected it to kind of pull up right away, and it didn't. In fact, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've totally screwed this thing up. But really, it took about, after it loaded up the first time, and you hear the post noise, and, and it's trying to load everything, it took about four, maybe five minutes before everything on the desktop loaded. I mean, we're talking it took a while before the top menu bar appeared and then slowly the dock appeared and then slowly some other icons started to pull up. I mean, just to give you an idea, if you're getting ready to go through uh, an upgrade, don't be too alarmed, I guess, if this happens to you because that's what happened to me. And then once I had it up and running and everything, I tested a few things out. The first thing I did was I wanted to make sure my iTunes was working and and I was ready to go to bed actually. And so I decided I'm going to go ahead and sync my iPhone, you know, get the most recent podcast on there. And then um in essence, I was going to go to bed and and call it a night. However, 
after installing Leopard, my uh, my iTunes would no longer recognize my iPhone. So I'm like, oh, great. This is horrible. And so um, I started doing some searching. I did a Google search. Now, this is one thing. You can always call in and ask your questions here. But chances are, if Chris doesn't know the answer, we're going to just do a Google search. So I did a Google search, and I typed in a phrase like, um, installed leopard, iTunes won't recognize iPhone. And immediately, immediately it pulled up one of the Mac secret website forums or something like that. And I saw somebody else had this and they said, you know, all you need to do is install iTunes again and then connect your phone and everything will be fine. So sure enough, I went to iTunes.com, downloaded the, the same version I already have. I double clicked or I, I double clicked on it and did the install for iTunes once it was done, um, I loaded it back up, plugged in the iPhone, and sure enough, voila, the iPhone was recognized perfectly, and everything was smooth sailing from there. Since then, everything else seems to be working fine. Um, I'm broadcasting live now on Ustream. Um, I have used, I have installed, and I had to, um, let's see here, I've installed the ScreenFlow software, and I've already recorded my first screencast uh, with it this morning with My Crazy Life, episode number 200 and, oh, I don't know, 250-something. Let me check real quick. My Crazy Life, episode number 255. Um, If you go to gspn.tv, you'll see it there. And then um, I went ahead this today and recorded a screencast on it called Plurking and Pinging, and it's going to be episode number, hold on, I'll check this one, podcast, it's going to be Podcast Answer Man, episode number 71 of Podcast Answer Man uh, is going to be called Plurking and Pinging, and so I did a, a screencast tutorial, It, however, I did it too long, it, it's a it's like a 32-minute video on how to do uh, plurk and and ping and and how I use those services and why I like them and just talking and rambling on a bit. But uh, really, I was just playing around, getting used to the software. And I really encourage you, if you want to, go to go to podcastanswerman.com. And later tonight or first thing tomorrow, you will see episode number 71 there. And it will have that screencast tutorial, and you'll get to see exactly what I'm talking about with the ability to 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 zoom in on different areas and move things around, and it flows so beautifully. In fact, I almost can see how it be, can become somewhat of a iMovie replacement, and I, that's a little bit more advanced and stuff like that, but... Uh, I really like the editing tools that it has, and I really wish iMovie could take some uh, pointers from Verisoft, or Verisoftware, I should say, verisoftware.com. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I wanted to share with you my Leopard install. So I didn't back anything up. Um, Of course, I would suggest that you back things up. I didn't have anything to lose, so it didn't bother me. Um, I like I said, uh, I just went ahead and backed up, or I went ahead and canceled that out. Stuck the disc in. It went to town. I canceled the DVD consistency check. I don't think anybody needs to worry about that, honestly. And it loaded up back up, and now I'm running it. So that is my in my experience with the Leopard upgrade. And Brent is in the chat room, and he's saying number one, he doesn't like the 3D. Um, dock and you know what's weird is I don't know that my dock looks 3D. It 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 doesn't really look any different than before, um, but I could be wrong. Anyway, so he he says he doesn't like that. Oh, he says it's like a shelf. Yeah, you know what? It is like a shelf, and eh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, it took me a while to understand that in Leopard to know when a program was open, there would be like a little blue dot underneath of it. So it did take me a little bit to figure that out. Once I figured that out, it's like, okay, I can handle this dock. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, Brent asks, you didn't have to restore the iPhone? No, I did not have to restore the iPhone, which was really cool. And uh, it basically, when it, when it upgraded my iTunes, it just upgraded the same information that was already in there. So my iTunes still stayed... Um, Oh, verified or whatever, authorized and all that other stuff. 
Alrighty, and so let's see here. Oh, next thing I want to tell you, for those of you who have not upgraded to Leopard yet, um, if it, maybe the idea of going to Verisoft isn't, um, you know, and ScreenFlow is not something that sounds really appealing to you, no big deal. However, I will tell you, I love Spaces. Spaces is this program Aaron um, by the way I'm gonna pause for just a second Aaron B is asking what is plurk Aaron B do us a favor please go to podcastanswerman.com later tonight and then or first thing in the morning and look at episode number 71 uh, I'm getting ready to release uh, a podcast answer man called plurking and pinging but anyway back to spaces I absolutely love spaces it is this it, if you can imagine having, oh, how many spaces, can somebody in the in the chat room a- answer this question for me? How many spaces can you have? If I'm not mistaken, I think you can actually configure it to have 12. And somebody in the chat room I know will confirm that for me. But anyway, if you can imagine having multiple screens. I mean, right now I operate my PC having a dual screen setup where I put some programs over on one monitor and some other programs on the other monitor and and I let it go from there. However, with with um with Leopard, you get these virtual monitors if you will. And so it's as if you have and I think you can do up to 12. I currently have it configured to do 8. Oh, 16. You can do 16 spaces. But anyway, I currently have it configured to do 8 spaces or 8 virtual monitors. And you can open up a program and have your icons and, and everything set up in one space. And then you can do a control or a command shift uh, or a command arrow over to the next virtual screen which is blank it's it's free it's open it's it's ready for you to use what's really nice about this is there are some programs i love to run in full screen mode where that program or that window takes up the entire screen but it it got kind of frustrating on the mac for me when basically i wanted to minimize the that so, that program just a little bit so that um, I could reach something that was on the desktop. I could open up another program or double-click on an icon. And what frustrated the crud out of me is when I went to go maximize it again, it wouldn't just fill up the entire screen. I had to always drag it down. And these little minor frustrations were really the things that that kind of said, you know what, I am never going to use this as my primary computer because it doesn't let me do the things I want to do. And so with Spaces... I can open iTunes up in one of the virtual windows and I can drag it and open it to where it fills the entire screen and then basically go to a whole new blank screen and open up a Firefox. In fact, right now in Firefox, I have everything that's necessary. There are two different programs that with three different windows take up the entire desktop space on my MacBook laptop, but that is in one virtual um, in one virtual space or one virtual monitor on my computer. And I don't have to minimize all that stuff or open up windows over top of that. If I ever want to get to it, I can just, I've switched it to where my Apple button and my arrows will switch me through and cycle me through to there. However, I happen to have that in screen number four. So I can actually hit my Apple button, and if you don't, if you don't um, change the default button, it would be your control button on Leopard. But if you hit your, if, if I hit my Apple button because I changed it to the Apple button because there's two of those, one on both sides of the keyboard is why I switched it. But if I hit Apple four, it automatically immediately takes me to the window that has all three programs or all three windows open for Ustream and Cam Twist and the Cam Twist preview. But then if I want to hit Control or Apple 3 and take me back to my full full maximized screen taking up the entire desktop on screen 3, that brings me to gspn.tv slash live where I can see what's going on in the chat room. I really love this. I mean, it, it sounds so simple. It sounds so so trivial. But wow, this is really awesome. And, and I know I sound like a kid with a new toy. But really, I want to tell you something. This has changed my opinion of the Mac operating system. 
It really, really has. I Just the fact that I can leave programs fully maximized and still have access to the desktop by simply, you know, command or... Yeah, command arrowing over or command hitting a number to the number of space that I want to go to, you know, space number six, space number five. I can open up these virtual desktops with a clean slate. And so that is huge. If you haven't played with spaces, check it out. What you need to do, if you don't have spaces enabled, what you'll want to do, I think you need to hit your Apple icon and then you go to your system preferences and then once your system preferences opens, you'll see on the very top line under personal, you'll see expose and spaces. If you click on that, then you will see a check mark where you can enable spaces and um, and, and play around with it. And of course, that only works if you have Leopard, but uh, it, it, it is a lot of fun and it really does help somebody who is who is like me, a little OCD, obsessive compulsive and loves organization so i would i I would just encourage you to check that out all right so i was wanting to do my screencast tutorial another thing i really do like about the um leopard interface is this ability to put these folders down in the dock and have them fan out i really enjoyed that in fact i never used my documents folder before but now i've created a couple subfolders in the documents folder and have those folders fan out and you know what i did i got rid of every icon every single stinking icon on my desktop gone filed away in subfolders like images videos and uh, documents personal documents business documents so i i really like those being off of the desktop the only thing is is i i I was getting ready to start doing some screencast tutorials and the only thing i had was this one pesky little icon and it was my, my macintosh hard drive and so i didn't like that that was on there and so i sent out a twitter message today and or a ping message and it went out to twitter facebook plurk bebo high five pounce identica uh jq every it went all over the world and of course as always within seconds i had my answer uh but i asked is there any way that i can hide this macintosh hd or this hard drive icon off of my off of my desktop because one of the things I realized is I can drag the hard drive down to my dock and it does the same little fan or this or uh, whatever that's called these stacks and so I can basically I don't need the hard drive up there anymore because now I click on it I went ahead and drag it down to the dock and it says if I want to here are the applications here's all this and it's like, okay, if, if none of these are what you need, why don't you just go ahead and open in Finder, which is the same thing as double-clicking on that icon. So I have full access to it. So I said to myself, why do I need this here? And it only does some, it only makes my in, uh, my screencast tutorials look ugly. So I don't want them. So I said to the folks out there, how do I make it go away? So in essence, what they said to do is you basically double-click on the icon for your um, uh, Macintosh HD or hard drive and that'll open up your Macintosh HD in your finder window is what it's called and once you're in the finder you simply click on finder then you click on preferences and then under the general tab it says show these items on the desktop and of course there are like you can choose hard disks, external drives, CDs, DVDs, and iPods, and uh, connected servers. And so what I chose to do is uncheck all of those. I want my desktop clean 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if I ever want access to any of those things, I will simply go down to the dock. I will uh, fan out my Macintosh HD in my stacks and I will click open and finder and that's how I can get to all of those items. And this gives me and provides me with a beautiful, clean, crystal clear desktop all the time. And uh, of course, Aaron B says you could just click on your desktop, no need to click on the drive. Hmm. So let's see, since he's told me that I am going to, okay, I don't see that option there. So uh, maybe I'll have him 
uh, elaborate on that in just a moment. Um, look at the menu bar. Uh, I'll ask you for that in just a moment. So anyway, um, yes, hiding the desktop icon. And then, of course, Mad Boom, M-A-D-B-O-O-M on Twitter and Plurk sent me a link saying that you could also use a program if you wanted to just have your your uh, icon there sometimes, but not or just sometimes you want to hide it. But at the most of the time, you want to keep all your stuff organized on your desktop. Then you can use a program called Desk Shade made by Mac Rabbit. M-A-C-R-A-B-B-I-T dot com. That's MacRabbit.com slash Desk Shade. Now, I didn't look at that program um, before recording tonight's show, but I want to let you know it, it's not something I'm looking to do, but if you are looking for that, you can check that out as well. It is another option. And so clicking on your desktop activates Finder. So for me, folks, um, it is not activating Finder. So I am I am currently I am looking at a blank doc uh, desktop, and if I click on it, I'm it is not doing. Yeah, and I am double clicking. Yeah, um, no no Finder for me there. So it must be something in preferences. And maybe I'll, what I'll do is, is in just a moment, I will pause and we'll see if we can understand how to do that. And then we'll answer that in this show. So I do want to just give you briefly um, an iPhone update, iPhone 3G update. I did upgrade my phone to the iPhone 3G and I am loving it. I have had it. It's still the 2.0 software is buggy. It still does uh, reset on me. In fact, uh, there were two times I thought that I had bricked my iPhone, uh, not doing anything I wasn't supposed to do, but it out of nowhere, it kind of reset, and it gave me what I now call, is it a white apple or is it a silver apple? I'm going to ask you in the chat room. I know you guys are delayed by a couple seconds, but uh, for those of you in the chat room, just answer for me real quick. Would you call it a white apple or a silver apple? So uh, they're all saying silver. So I am now going to call this the sil- the silver apple of death, okay? So I had this silver apple of death icon on my iPhone, and I'm not kidding when I say like nine, ten minutes straight it took to reset the phone. And I literally despise that. However, I am hoping that they'll have an update to the version to software soon that will address all the whatever it is that's causing these uh, massive amounts of resets. Um, Stephanie has not been experiencing these resets very often, and of course, she does not use all the applications that I think most of us are are out there using on the iPhone. Uh, so um, I will tell you that, that you know while it's still a little buggy, I still love the thing. Unfortunately, at this point, I just don't think I can rely on the applications. Um, one other thing that I want to let you know is as far as the backup on my iPhone is concerned, um, I was having an issue when I first got my 8 gig 3G iPhone. I plugged it in and it literally took about two hours for it to do this stupid backup. And one of the things that I did is I did some searching around on some forums and I got some messages back from Twitter and some friends and they said, well, one of the things you can do is you can hit the X to stop the backup and then it immediately goes into the syncing possibilities. Well, that's a good good um, tip and stuff like that. I was concerned, wondering whether or not if that affected the most recent backup of the iPhone. It, it does not appear that it does. So if you, I don't think it replaces your existing backup until the new one completes. So don't take my word for it, but in my experience it doesn't hurt anything if you stop the backup and just like my friend Wayne or somebody else had said he doesn't recommend uh, canceling it every single time if you have the time maybe if you're syncing first thing in the morning uh, or right before you go to bed and you don't need your iPhone then go ahead and at least let it sync you know once a day or once every other day or so and so um, I will tell you this though once it did sync and back up it basically didn't take that long anymore. Um, I would I would hook up my phone, and it would do a backup. It would take maybe about forty seconds, 
which is, I think, I think that's doable. And then it goes into the sync process. I have learned this, and and I've got a, I got Aaron B in the room. He says I had a friend with the same problem, but didn't have that today when I got my 3G. So here's what I did learn: is that it, the first initial time you do your backup with your 3G, it takes forever. Um, if you have applications, by the way, I, I, th- I think this is really the key. If you have applications, what happens though is if you don't add any new applications, every time you go in and do a backup, it goes pretty quickly. You put one new application on that iPhone, and the next time it needs to backup, you've got your whole hour and a half long backup ahead of you. And so, eh, it's kind of frustrating. Frustrating. I hope, I really hope that they they get this under that squared away with the 2.0 software because you know what? I have less than two gigs of data on my iPhone, including all the applications. It should not take that long to synchronize two gigs of data. That's just ridiculous. But with that, I still love my iPhone. All right, I did find a new game that I like. It's called Labyrinth, L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H. And it is kind of, it's, you know, it's everything I love about Monkey Ball, but it's the old board game or the, well, it's not really a board game. It's this little uh, wooden puzzle game that had a silver marble on it. And Labyrinth is really, really awesome. And, and you just have to check it out. If you haven't played Labyrinth when you were a kid, you can at least start enjoying it here now. The only one hesitation I have about it is when it hits a hole, it, I think that they kind of, I mean, they went so far to make this thing awesome. But as soon as it touches the hole, it like immediately disappears and starts over. Whereas I would like to see it slowly fall into the hole or something. I, that that's, I mean, but hey, it's a free game. What do I have to complain about? And then the other cool application that I did install and that I do like is WordPress. And so if you have a WordPress blog, you can now start blogging from the road. And there's only one thing that I can think of that I would love to add to that. And, and it would blow away all those other applications that are out there um, for, for blogging and, and posting photos and all that other stuff. I love the fact that you can add multiple images. The only thing that would make this better would be if you could record, you could hit record, do like a voice recording up to maybe five minutes and then have it automatically sync that and upload that to your uploads folder in the same way that it does your photos. That, my friends, would be amazing. The only thing that I don't like that I really wish could work is um, is I really wish that I could use it on my Plus Member Only blog. I have a blog that I keep just for Plus Members at gspn.tv slash plus access. And, and, and it's just a category on, on the entire network of plus related shows. And the thing is, is of course, it is password protected. So the directory is p- protected by my username and password. And unfortunately, WordPress does not have any, this. the WordPress app does not have a um, user authenticated directory um setting in there so maybe I can get in there I, I doubt that I don't know how many other people out there really have what I have and whether or not they'd build it in but it sure would be cool if I could tell it to go ahead and and sign in and have this ability to do these things but um, I did get it to sign up at once but the problem is is it wouldn't upload pictures because um, it did I'm, I was able to do the URL where you do HTTP colon and then my username or not yeah colon slash slash username colon password at and then the plus access website address which kind of logs it in automatically it did work and it did do that but the problem is I can't upload pictures uh, because when it goes to upload it tries to authenticate at that point and it doesn't have a place for that username and password at that point in time so anyway with that that is basically everything that I have for this uh, this episode. However, I am going to pause right now and see if we can't figure out what they were talking about with this ability to open up Finder just by clicking on the desktop. Okay, everybody, I am back. Uh, for those of you in the podcast, it took absolutely no time at all, but we have Aaron B. 
from our gspn.tv slash forum. Aaron's in the Mac section of the forum, always able to help out and answer questions, and I appreciate all your assistance in there for Mac, My pleasure. Mac questions. And so Aaron's on the line. He's going to help me figure out and help us all figure out how to have um, the Finder open up just by clicking a desktop. So I'm double-clicking on the desktop top and nothing's happening. So I assume okay. we have to go into a setting somewhere. Uh, you shouldn't have to because that should, you know, basically the desktop is just a window okay. anyway. Okay. So when you, when you do that and you take a look at the menu bar, it should say Finder right next to the Apple. Oh, yes, it does. Okay. Then all you got to do is go to Preferences there. Okay, so we hit Preferences. Yep. And under the General tab, you'll see that same that same option that you had before when you went on to the uh, when you opened up Finder with by double clicking the uh, the hard drive. Okay, so I see. Show these items on the desktop. Um, hard disks, exter external disks, CDs, DVDs, and iPods, connected servers, all of that. Yeah, and I've got all those unchecked because I don't want right. any of those. Exactly. Okay. So that's it. I mean, you don't have to actually go and double-click on a to open it up, open up a window in Finder. All you got to do is just click on an empty desktop or in your desktop itself, and there you go, and you can find it. Okay, it's... No, no pun intended. Wait a second. Hit preferences. Yeah, I, I'm still not getting a Finder window. I see no, I, you don't get a Finder window. This is basically the desktop oh. is a Finder window. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I see what you're saying. So let, let me explain to you what where I was going. Pardon my non-Mac language here because, I, you know, as much as I've had a Mac podcast for over a year now and I have a Mac computer, I'm still a Mac newbie myself. So, no what, so basically what I'm talking about is, you know, when you double, when you open up your hard drive and you open it up in Finder and it opens up the window so where you, on the left-hand side you see your, mm -hmm. your devices and right. your places. Ah. That's what I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about on the desktop. Ah. Yeah. Ah. So my 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 bad as they say in French. No problem. And so basically what I want to do is I want to be able I wanted to be able to you know at random there are times when I want to open up basically the folder view of my hard drive. And so, um, it basically, in, in Windows, we would call it opening up a Windows Explorer window. Right. And so, I call it a Finder window. And so, right. so right now, so and and still, so we're going back to the original thing that that I had said before. If you get rid of your, if you if you move your Macintosh HD down into the dock on the right hand side, mm -hmm. it'll open it I've, up in fan mode, and then you can open up your HD or your hard drive in Finder. And that and that opens up that window. Okay, I, I I misunderstood what you were saying there. So sorry about that. Oh, that's no problem. That, that hey, I'm just I'm just happy to have you guys out there helping each other out and helping me out and helping me help other people out. No problem. But can I? I actually had a um an iPhone app I wanted to talk about. Yeah, go right there. ahead. Talk, talk all I, you I meant, want. I meant to say I meant to uh, you know call about it uh, earlier today, but I just got too busy. Um, it might be a little bit limited, and it is a pay app, but it's uh, from Major League Baseball called MLB at Bat. Okay. And what this does is, uh, if you're a baseball fan, especially like me, uh, who I you know follow the Pirates uh, for better or for worse, it's it's mostly worse these days. Uh, but it'll allow you to take a look and get to see um, the status of every game, every score, and not only that, there's a little video button that you could hit when you go to each game. And it'll show you the the, um, the scoring plays in practically real time. It takes about a I guess about a half hour or so to get the uh, the scoring play or whatever big play it is, and it just it it works. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Great way to really you know follow your team if you're uh, you know if you're a baseball fan. That is that is very cool. Um, you, if you've listened to me long enough, you know that I'm not a sports fan. So I'm glad that there, we have sports fans out there that will come in and and share that information because uh, I know that there are a lot of them out there. And so, major, and it's called uh, At Bat. Yeah, MLB At Bat. MLB At Bat. And how much did it cost? Do you know? It's four ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right. Any other applications that you like that you're using? Um, let's see. Um, well. Just the ones that you've been talking about, pretty much. The the oh, there is a weight tracker 
oh, okay. that I found, um, which I just started using today because so I, I just found it. Yeah, I, I've heard about the weight tracker. I heard it's really cool. I mean, is it got a good interface and everything? Yeah, it seems pretty good. And it actually will allow you to, um, if, if you track your weight on certain websites, it'll allow you to uh, hook into that as well. But does it store it locally as well, though? Yes, it does. That, see, and, you could actually, and you could password protect that as well. That is very cool. I'm I'm probably going to get on that. I, I I've been doing a whole lot of walking lately. I'm I'm, fi- up, I'm finally up to five miles a day now, and so wow. so I'm I'm basically trying to to lose weight, but uh, I, I I think I'm building too much muscle at this point. <laughs> That's but, a good thing, though. Yeah, it is. It is, and and I I have no doubt that um, starting next week, I, I'm I'm not only doing the walking every day. But I, I'm starting to go on a meal plan, and so I, I expect the weight to start dropping and melting off. Best of luck with it. Thank you so much. Aaron, any, right. anything else you want to share? Uh, nope. That's, that's about it. Very cool. Well, I appreciate your call in. All right. Thanks, Cliff. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. It's always awesome to have a community of people out there, and thank you for that. And um, I'll tell you what. If anybody else wants to call in, the number is still in the chat room. I'll go ahead and take one more call before I hang up here, uh, or before I hang up, before I end the recording, if anybody wants to call in. Um, but other than that, I think we had a, a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm excited about my Leopard. Uh, I'm excited about Spaces. I'm very excited about my screencasting, the video tutorial series that I'll be working on. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out podcastanswerman.com, go check it out. Subscribe to that podcast. Uh, consider becoming a podcaster. I mean, it, it is so much fun. I cannot begin to tell you how awesome it is to be a podcaster and the community that can be built around the around the passions that you have. It is simply amazing. And of course, I, I do want to say one last thing and, and, and ask you guys to do me a favor and consider this. If you wouldn't mind, go to gspn.tv slash plus. And there you can read about what a plus member is for gspn.tv. And uh, once you do that, I just ask that you you just consider the possibility of whether or not you can fit it in somehow to become a plus member. Help support this program and 18 other podcasts like it. Uh, if you're able to do that, that would be totally awesome. And so um, for that, I think that's everything. I want to thank you for hanging in there with me going solo today. Chris should be back next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You can join us at gspn.tv live. God bless. Have a good week.